Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. I'm back, everybody. We're doing a podcast. Let's go. It's Josh Fusion Fantasy Football. Um, I'm sorry I cheated on you guys. I was on with John Hogue on the Superflex Super Show a couple weeks ago. Hope you caught that. If you haven't, it's completely evergreen. It's all about strategy. I talked about the high ground draft strategy, which I've talked about here many times before. And it was just a fun conversation. Didn't have to name names or anything like that. But we are getting to the time of the the season when we have to say and talk about players and names. And I can't just talk strategy. Um, if you haven't figured it out due to me putting my energies toward other things, uh, a typical singularity projections are not going to happen. Um, I am going to be working to get you something which will be more like a rankings or purely fantasy point projections not giving you stats and everything um i've actually been kind of working on that for the last couple of years already i've talked about the using uh, a number of things weighted opportunities and other things to generate a fantasy point production uh Estimate projection, not production, projection. I'm a little rusty, guys, sorry. Uh, but to, to give you a projection for a player just, you know, through a formula, a little bit of tweaking here and there. Still want to keep it team-based if I can. Type in a couple numbers for the team, where I see them going, and boom, voila, presto, whatever the magic word is, there is your numbers. A lot little bit less micromanaging of uh, of those numbers and the stats, individual stats, which unfortunately means you won't be able to necessarily uh, adjust for custom scoring, but it will give you just a, a basic PPR uh, points and ranks, and you can adjust yourself from there. If you aren't, be following on Twitter at FusionFFB, still active there. And something I've been doing every day for the last few days is a overreaction value player. And in some cases, it's going to be, in most cases, it's going to be a player who's a value, a positive, someone who can get cheap that I think is too cheap due to an overreaction. But in sometimes, sometimes that overreaction is the other way. And it's a player that people are too high on and they shouldn't be and we can be fading them. Basically, it just means they did something last year uh, or everyone had expectations going into last year. Something happens and now everyone's changed their consensus opinion on that player. So a great example I wanted to look at. We'll do the first one with the first you know, tweet of that thread. Nothing exciting. These are going to be short, but it's Tyler Higby, tight ends. That's right. We're going to jump right into tight ends because... I'm tired of the lazy analysts out there, and you've heard me say this before, but they act like uh, we have to talk about tight ends now. I get it, tight end wasteland, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. That's an area that we can actually make a difference. I can actually give you an edge. It can actually help you win. Me telling you whether I think you should draft Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey 
with your 101 is not going to really be making a difference. However, and this ties back into high ground strategy and everything in regular PPR, I'm often fading tight ends. I mean, especially if there's not a tight end premium and a good premium at that, but just a regular old one quarterback, especially I am fading tight end every time I know going in, that is going to be my weakest position coming out of the draft keywords out of the draft. And I'm okay with that. And it's because of players like Tyler Higby, who has finished as a tight end one not overall, but a top 12 tight end. It's a onesie position, so there's 12 of them at the top. And as long as you get one in there that finishes in the top, that's giving you basic replacement level points, whether through streaming or committee, or you happen to luck on Dalton Schultz or somebody like that, right? Then the fact that you faded them in the draft means your other positions are better, but now you've recouped, you've made up all that lag, all that uh, lack, not lag, all that lack you came out of the draft with, you've made it all up. And now as a whole, your team is a net positive and you are producing, outproducing your opponents. So Tyler Higby, it's funny because for a couple years now, I have been, and there's tweets literally for the last two years, uh, going back to the, going into the 2020 season, of me telling people, stop overhyping him. He had a great stretch of games in the 2019 season, and then since then, everyone wanted him to be something, to do something, and it hasn't really worked out. And I think people... Are, are just finally burned out with it um, because he went from, and even last year because of Stafford and everything, people were getting all excited. Um, Gerald Everett went to Seattle, so he was out of the picture, and they're like, oh, he's going to be the guy. They were all excited about it. Um, but I was saying that it doesn't mean just because Gerald Everett left that he's going to step up now and get all that work, all of Everett's work. It just means they're going to redistribute that work among other tight ends or give it to a, another player, a wide receiver probably, right? So that was kind of my my problem with people being too excited about Tyler Higby as being a you know tight end 10, uh, 8 kind of range is where people were taking him. Now, he did kind of, because of, of the sharps, you know, were taking him earlier, right? Um other people were not his his ADP going into 2021 last year was tight end 12 right at 12 and um he finished at tight end 14 so it, it was whatever it wasn't really a gain it wasn't a loss it wasn't anything but he is now currently going around 25 tight end 25 now, he might be moving up a little bit. I saw finally he at least got ahead of Hayden Hurst, which absolutely should be ahead of Hayden Hurst. But you've got players like even Everett and Evan Engram, who are these are also players I really like in late rounds. Um, I will gladly talk about them. But this ADP overreaction disparity was just too much for Higby for me to let pass. So... 
go ahead, wait on tight end, go after Tyler Higby. Um, I don't know your format, but basically tight end 20, 18, 20, it would be where I would be going ahead and taking him, not waiting and hoping he falls to 25. That's an average. That means sometimes he goes earlier, sometimes he goes later. So don't wait on it too much. Don't get too cute. I know there's a lot of other options. We mentioned some names already in that range. They typically go before. So as soon as you see one or two of those guys go, Everett, um, Engram, as soon as you see some of them starting to go, you should just go ahead and say, all right, let's go take Tyler Higby. He's going to be, guys, he's going to be a tight end 12-ish again. It's going to be nine points per game roughly, which... Again, if you go check out Superflex Super Show, my conversation with John Hogue, um, Superflex dude, we I referenced the positional averages. If you've been following me for a while, you should know what I'm talking about. Again, I have the updated this year. I don't have the tool out as a a, a spreadsheet, a Google sheet uh, this year. Um, I'm hoping by next year I have tools like that and other things in a better format. So anyway, I have them. I ran the, I used my new uh, learn to code skills and I can output pretty much any scoring I want to put into and I can have it boom, give me positional scoring season long and point per game. Tight end 12 in regular PPR gives you over the last four seasons, average 133 points. That is nine and again, that is the 12th highest season points. Now I'm going to give you the 12th highest points per game. It's not the same player. Understand. So there's probably a player like Logan Thomas, right, who was top 12 in points per game, but got injured early in the season. So there's a limited sample there for the points per game, but he doesn't have the season total. So the points per game, if you multiply it by a season, will always come out typically higher than the season-long total. So when I say the 12th uh, highest point per game for tight end is 9.7. And you typically you're hoping for like that 11 spot, which is tight end 8. So you kind of just want, you know, the upper two-thirds of tight end 1s and your above replacement. And you hope you can usually get that with streaming guys. Uh, so if you pick up a Higby, Go ahead, grab a, a multiple. Maybe you got uh, another one earlier, like an Engram. Pairing someone like Engram or Higby, Higby, Hooper, Austin Hooper. Like you can, you can really put together a nice committee and just play matchups. Um, but Tynan twenty five is six point nine. Okay, he gave you like eight point nine last year, something like that. That's ten. On average, that's tight end 16. He was actually tight end 14 on the season, so not too far off. Um, th those are just like the numbers, guys, and he he's going to give you that at least. So it's going to be points. You're going to have matchups, and there's upside there. So digging into it just a little bit more, this one's going to go a little longer than normal when I do these because I'm kind of explaining uh, what things are and we have the introduction, but... Um, I'm going to take a couple more minutes to go into it. So what happens here is Allen Robinson's new to the team. 
Cooper Cup had a ridiculous year, tons of touchdowns. So uh, I, I, for one, you know, am Cooper Cup, tight end one, dynasty redraft. I don't care. He's got at least two top years ahead of him, if not three. This is his golden era. Now, you could say the same for Justin Jefferson until, I mean, we don't know what happens to uh, Kirk Cousins. Now, I'm not concerned about that because I don't think out beyond much 18 months. But if you do, that should be a concern. But it's not for Cup. All tied up, he and, and Stafford. And then Jamar Chase, yeah, at least he has that going for him. So if you wanted to put him as your tight end one, especially in Dynasty, I can understand. Not tight end, wide receiver. Wide receiver one, I can understand that, absolutely. But I think Cup's going to give you a consistency that's going to be uh, valuable in and of itself. But a lot of people say there's no way he's going to repeat what he did last year. And okay, fine. I mean, he could have scored 80 points less last year and still been ahead of the wide receiver two in Devonta Adams. I've talked about this before. But look, if he does regress, like... Is that maybe because teams are paying more attention to him in the end zone, in the red zone? Is that open up more work for Higby? They've got Allen Robinson now, so maybe it goes to him. Or maybe Allen Robinson isn't as good as we remember him. Now, I don't think so, but people are getting a little bit too excited for Allen Robinson at the same time. So I think even when we had Cooper Cup and Robert Woods there, uh, there was still room for a third for the tight end to be productive at times, whether it was Everett or Higby. None of the other guys have really stepped up. We had some hope for, for Harris. I think he's converting to wide receiver. I saw a report the other, Jacob Harris. Um, Harrison Bryant didn't really become anything. Uh, so it really is mostly just Higby there. Uh, so that's going to be his job to take, to lose. Um, Akers is back and healthy with a few games under his belt already. So how much are they going to be running the ball more than they did last year? So there's a lot of ways I can, as much as I love Cup, see work going other places. And if you look at Higby's last year, um, three touchdowns, low yards per reception. It, it really didn't look great. But the actual volume, the targets, were there. It looked okay. So all he needs is a slight increase in the efficiency and a few more touchdown opportunities, and that's going to boost up from the 8.9 up to a 10-point average um, per game. So then you can stream him with somebody else, pick out the good matchups, get the good results now you're up over the 11 and that's what we're shooting for all right guys that's it on tyler higby why you should be drafting him as your late end tight end or part of your late end tight end committee um and then we all know if you're in a league that's just a regular old league short bench, you can just be streaming these guys. You don't necessarily have to have a committee that you hold on to. Just got to say that out loud. Um, but he would be fine. I'd be fine starting the season with, especially early in the season. 
I don't know. Again, we don't know how Allen Robinson's going to look, but uh, worst case, he did. Allen Robinson is great. Cup's still smashing it, and Higby is just getting the scraps. Then you drop him. You drafted him late. Who cares? Pick up the new hotness. Give it a shot. One of those guys that's going to hit and recoup all that draft capital loss and get you and your team back into a net positive versus the other teams because you're getting all the points from the other positions plus now at least average tight end points. So that's what we're shooting for. We're trying to find average tight end points for the cost of basically nothing. And that's where Higby's at, basically nothing. All right, should not be tight end uh, 25 ADP. Shouldn't be 12 either like he was last year. He should be right around 15, 16, 17, 18. I'd be comfortable taking him there. If it hits 20, 20th tight end goes off the board, you should absolutely be getting Tyler Higby. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoyed me um, coming back. Going to try and get you some other short ones here on the other players, the other um, overreaction value players, as well as any other thoughts that come to mind. Have a good one. See you next time.